You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 175, with Aaron Keith Hawkins. And today, our conversation is about unbreakable success. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on in your world today, men of abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast. And today we have another amazing conversation with yet another dynamic feature guest, Aaron Keith Hawkins. Wait until you hear this one. You're going to get a lot out of it. And as usual, I have just a few announcements before we get started here. Number one, I want to give all of you the opportunity to be abundant in your life today by simply paying it forward and sharing men of abundance with everyone you come in contact with, or at least the ones you love. There are people in your circles right now that are not telling you the issues in their life. And we bring up many issues, many life issues throughout all of these conversations that you are getting something out of. Therefore, others are going to get something out of as well. Just share it. Just say, hey, have you ever heard of Men of Abundance? They have some amazing conversations on there about living an amazing life of abundance and paying it forward to even live a further, even stronger, even better life of abundance. Something like that. Just throw it out there or grab their phone. Go to iTunes, subscribe them on Men of Abundance, and let the episodes download. Let them listen to it at their leisure. They are going to thank you for it. Then if you want to take your paying it forward and being even more abundant in your life today, go to menofabundance.com underneath the podcast player of any of the episodes. You're going to see an iTunes and a share or leave a review button. Click on one of those. It'll take you right to iTunes where you can leave a rating and review that is extremely important for downloads so more people can find Men of Abundance. And I really enjoy reading through the reviews, not just to boost my own ego, but just so that I know that I'm actually reaching people in the right way and you're actually getting something out of these conversations. That's just one gauge that I use to ensure that I'm making the impact that I intend to be. And it's only going to take you a minute or two if you just put a little bit of thought in it. For instance, here's one of the latest reviews that was left. The title is Honest and Applicable, Five Stars by Kid McCoy. Wally has a great way of pulling out the morrow of each guest and not just talking about the outside appearances of success. This enables the listener to relate and ultimately benefit. Kid McCoy, I greatly appreciate that review, man. It really means a lot to me. And yes, this was helpful. Now it's your turn. Go click on the iTunes or the leave a review button under one of the podcast players and leave your rating and review. All right, one last announcement before I introduce you to our featured guest today, and that is men. If you are not a member of the Men of Abundance community, I highly encourage you to just go to menofabundance.com, click on the top of the where it says members only, and get access to our members only community on Facebook, where I have Facebook live videos just about every single morning, and we are having conversations in there and helping each other out in our daily issues talking about our wins, talking about the challenges that we have, and we're all helping each other through these issues that we have. 
look, we have to have these conversations. And I know you may have a hard time talking to your circle, the guys you grew up with or the guys you work with. Get in this community. Talk to all of us. Let's have a conversation. Even if you want to contact me one-on-one and you're considering that you may need some coaching, then I would be honored to be considered, even just considered as your coach. And if that does interest you, then request a 30-minute discovery call with me to see what coaching is about, what I'm about, how I may be able to help you. And at the end of the call, we are going to make a decision if it's good for us to move forward or not. So in order to do that, just go to menofabundance.com at the top of the page, click on coaching or menofabundance.com forward slash coaching and request a 30 minute discovery call with me. You have to fill out a little form so I know a little bit about you. That way we can just get right into it. And either way, whether you want to coach with me or not, go to menofabundance.com, click on the members only tab and get access to our Men of Abundance community. I look forward to seeing you in there. All right, let's bring out our featured guest. Aaron Keith Hawkins is a personal performance coach, podcast host, and online trainer. After a brush with mortality in 2009, he's dedicated his life to a mission of helping others create a lifestyle of success by increasing their awareness of the thoughts and actions creating their results in business and life. His mission is to help you recognize that your capability of succeeding in literally every aspect of your life once you realize success is an identity, not a trophy. Aaron's podcast, Unbreakable Success, has been featured in iTunes' new and noteworthy category and continuously offers free training and interviews with expert thought leaders to help you claim your gift of continuously improving life. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Aaron Keith Hawkins. Aaron, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, Wally. How are you doing? Man, I'm fabulous. As we were talking pre-show, good, it good. seems like a Monday. I spilled coffee everywhere, and it like exploded <laughs> all over my desk. And But you know what? I'm still in paradise. I'm not being shot at. I'm, I get to sleep in a warm bed. No worries, man. Absolutely. That's what makes life fun, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> and of course, that had to happen like just before I was getting on the line with you. Actually, before I, I normally send like a, a, five, a 10 minute warning or type of thing, you know, are you ready? Yep. Didn't yep. even have a chance to do that, man. You started calling me, Skyping me, <laughs> making sure I was still alive. I appreciate that. I was worried about you, man. <laughs> I know, and I appreciate it. That's how, that's how friends do, man. We, we look after each other. Absolutely. All right. So where are you at in the world, man? Uh, I'm I'm over here in New Jersey, uh, you know, gr- grinning and bearing it at this the little bit of snow we've been getting this week, but uh, we're doing really good over here. Who? Yeah, I'll tell you what, you're not going to really uh, care a whole lot, but it's kind of chilly over here in Hawaii uh, for me. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask. I, I know, I, I know. I don't even know why I brought it up. It's just cruel <laughs> and un- unusual punishment, man. But, uh, you know, I like to start the show out with an attitude of gratitude, and this is a perfect time to do that. What are you grateful for today, Aaron? I, I have to tell you, Wally, two things popped to the forefront of my mind. One is um, doing what I do because it allows me to connect with people like you that are building these platforms to uh, share with audiences and, and really impact people's lives. And then if I if I turn the lens back home, I'm just amazingly thankful for my family, I, that my, my wife and my daughter like I, I couldn't be happier or more humbled by the people I get to to share my life with day to day. So, I got to see my my wife and daughter are at the top of my list uh, when I wake up in the morning. So, I'm very blessed. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So here's the question: 
how would you describe yourself? Wow. You know, Wally, I love this question because it's one of those things uh, that, that we don't, as people, I don't think we do it much. You know, we describe a lot of things, but looking at ourselves as something interesting. Uh, I, I think in, in moments where if I'm going to describe myself, honestly, I feel like I would, I would describe myself. I don't know how accurately pe other people would say, but if I described myself, I kind of feel like a, a very curious being right now in, in a series of contrasts and, and I only say that because if if you kind of looked at my resume, like a traditional resume, it it is it's not the person that most people would conjure up in their mind if they looked at it. You know, I got 23 years of law enforcement experience, 15 years on the SWAT team, and uh, you know, FBI National Academy, like all these tough guy accolades. And that's so not me. I'm I'm just a regular kind of humble dude. And uh, so contrast is what comes to mind when I think of describing myself. Uh, I, I feel like I'm somebody that loves to learn a lot, but every time I learn something, I realize that there's way more to learn. Um, over the years, I feel like I'm, some, I'm somebody who's become more confident as a person, but at the same time, I feel like I keep getting more and more humbled. So that's uh, what I love about life and I love about uh, doing what I do is is to live into those the hot and cold and you know, happy and sad uh, contrast that life gives us. So, uh, yeah, definitely a, a, a curious guy who's full of contrast. That's probably how I would describe me at the moment. Sounds like an amazing person to me, man. <laughs> I appreciate you, it. You know, the whole thing about curiosity, that's where I, I just think, and I know this for a fact, actually, curious people are some of the most amazing people in the world because one curious people we we build things. I see myself as a curious person as well. I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm just so curious. That's why I've been a people watcher since I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. I used to go to the mall and I used to just watch people. And I like to do yeah. it now but I'm older and it's just kind of creepy. So yeah. I got to <laughs> I got to be careful with that. Got to find that balance, man. <laughs> yeah, and living here, you know, driving down the hill and being in Waikiki in just a few minutes there's so many amazing people just to watch yeah. and, and watch their mannerisms and how they interact and stuff. But, you know, curious people even taking it on a personal note, you know, having a conversation with somebody. A curious person will always be curious about the other person. And yes. you know, they always say things like, we, you know, we talk a lot about marketing and stuff on here as well, but yeah. People say if you well if you want to attract people you got to be curious not you got to be interested not interesting. Yes. Because people Absolutely. you know and by doing that you got to be curious you got to sincerely be curious about the other person what they do how yeah. they interact with people, and I just absolutely love that. Absolutely, absolutely agree. And I dig that you know you was and uh, on the police force SWAT all that stuff because the dynamics of really being a, a part of a team like that is yeah. just so unbelievable. And it's even more remarkable that you brought that up because I recently went through a course. It's not really a course. It's more of an experience um, with the Arbinger Institute. Okay. And they had a scenario on there about a guy who was SWAT, and he was just the roughest, toughest, meanest individual. Even his team had a hard time approaching him. And they yeah. had multiple lawsuits because they would just go in like rangers and just mm. tear the place up to get after who they were trying to get after him. They, yeah. Like I said, they had multiple lawsuits, and when they went through this, he went through this Arbinger training how to basically be curious about people and see people as people instead of seeing them as objects. Yeah. I'm not going to get into the whole dynamics of it, but 
That was six years ago, and since then they have had zero lawsuits. Their productivity went up dramatically. Beautiful. And it, it's not as much about the the training in itself and the experience and the Arbinger Institute in itself. It's more about seeing people as people, being yes. curious about what their needs are. And yeah. it really, really makes a difference in our interactions and our communication. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's one of those things where uh, I was, man, I was extremely fortunate uh, to work where I work and have the group of um, people around me that I did because we, you know, our, our, our leader, and I started doing that when I was young. I think I was maybe 20, maybe 24 uh, when I first joined the, the tactical team. And, and we had a team leader that, that made it very clear what our mission was. And he said, you know, you're, we're, we're, we're part of the SWAT team now. And most people think of us as this, you know, tough kicking the door and, and uh, you know, taking lives into our hands type of organization. He said, we're absolutely not. He said, we have one goal. He said, our goal is a life-saving group of men. He said, we're a life-saving organization. And and that context, like that, it was kind of branded on our, on, on our foreheads that our job, regardless of where we were going and for what reason, was to save lives and, and protect people. And, and that made a big difference when it came to the culture of who we were and how we went about doing business. And, and you know, it kind of brings us back to curiosity, how we started this conversation is we're a bunch of curious guys. I mean, we're a bunch of thinkers, mm. uh, lighthearted, you know, uh, you know, fun-loving guys who, who really, you know, we had a lot of strong uh, admiration and respect for each other. And I think that's what made us so successful in what we did. Yeah, absolutely. And being in that line of work, you know, I always bring up this kick in the gut moment. And, you know, some people have a kick in the gut moment as a personal thing, but some people have occupations that just create kick in the gut moments. That's just kind of what they do is <laughs> built yeah. into it, you know. Um, yeah. But rather it's on that regard or on a personal side, I'd love for you to share one of your kick in the gut moments and really make us feel that. You know, I, I could go two ways with this. I could go to the to the professional route, but if I'm really going to be honest about something that kicked me in the gut and knocked me to me, my knees, it, it has to be when I lost my dad. And that was mm. when I was, it was 1994, January 7th. I was t uh, 20, 21 years old. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm sure everyone listening has had their own experience with loss, whether it was, you know, the death of somebody they loved or a job or a girlfriend or something. But, you know, that was the first time in my life where something that was in my mind, something that was a part of like physically who I was, was gone. And uh, and it, and, you know, my dad to me, I was, we had one of those relationships where he was everything. Like if I had a question, it, it was it, it was almost to the point where I, I I didn't even come up with an answer. Answer. I just went and asked dad, and and he would know what to do, what to say, how to figure it out. And uh, he had he had so much. He had way more confidence in me uh, than I had. And when when he was gone, uh, I I initially felt completely and literally lost because I I just gotten out of the navy. And it was before I started my career in law enforcement. So I was kind of like in that space at that age where I was, I didn't even know what I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. And then for him to disappear in the midst of that, that time of transition for me anyway, man, I just felt like a ship, a ship without a rudder. I was just going in circles. Um, but in, in hindsight, you know, it, it, 
fortunately he had instilled a foundation in in me that it kind of didn't kick in right away it took some time for me to get myself in gear and 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 figure things out but uh you know it it, it turned that that feeling of loss turned into a feeling of gratitude uh relatively quickly because i realized just how how important he was and how fortunate i i'd been to have somebody like that that you know was is still there in my head you know 20 some odd years later uh as 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 a, as a grown man who has his own family now and, and it's it, it's definitely it definitely when i think of it now it, it's complete gratitude uh that i had him in my life so but that took me to my knees man that really took me out for a while yeah that's one harsh reality that we all have to deal with and we know yeah. it's always going to happen you know none of us are getting out of this alive but we just really really just it's it sucks to lose somebody like that uh, and it's so painful. And then even years later, because uh, yeah. I've been through that as well with both my parents and and uh, at an early age. So it's it's tough. It's just hard to deal with, especially during certain times of year and during times, you know, when they actually passed and hear a certain song. But it's always that bass that brings you back to, you know, what they what they put in you before in your mind before they left us. So just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can I definitely, I definitely feel that one, man. I, it's it's personal for me too, absolutely. So, man, you know, <laughs> I was introduced to you. Um, goodness, I don't even remember who. I'm gonna feel. I think it was Brian, know. wasn't it? It was Brian. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And um, you know, actually, he introduced me to a lot of people, and I get a lot of introductions and connections. I'm always talking about the the importance of connections and connecting people, but. I started listening to Unbreakable Success, and man, I'm digging it. It's <laughs> I appreciate really, that, really man. amazing Thank stuff, you. man. You got a podcast called Unbreakable Success, and I love the title to begin with. Uh, and the art is just it, it just catches your eye right away as soon as you see it. But let's talk about how did that get started? Where did that all come from? Wow, that was a. Uh... <laughs> That, I have to say that was something, and and thank you first of all for for listening to the show and and you know coming from you somebody who, you know how it is when you really get it when you get uh, some accolades from somebody whose work you admire um, I, I I really am humbled and appreciative of of your feedback um, and that, that started for me back in two thousand nine. You know, as I said, you know, I've been a police officer for for years. I'm I'm a captain now at the tail end of my career. But um, back in '09, I I wasn't yet, and I was I was not into personal growth or really into um, you know these mindset things and these these discussions that that you and I have on a regular basis now. I was just you know regular guy, <laughs> went to work, came home, had a family, and had a lot to be thankful for. But I wasn't in a place where I felt like I was doing things outside of the norm. I was, I was on the rails, so to speak. And I, I woke up, it was actually this time of year, it was December of 09. And I woke up in the middle of the night, about one thirty in the morning. And I had this massive, massive pain in my chest. I was, I was 36 years old and I literally woke up clutching my chest and and I'd been a trained EMT for about 13 years at that point. So I started self-diagnosing. I had the pain radiating down my arm. The pain in a 110 scale was about a, a 12 and a half. And, you know, I, I, it, it jarred me. And my wife was sleeping next to me. Our daughter was down the hall sleeping. 
So I, I stood up and what I, and did what us men like to do. We, I tried to walk it off <laughs> and that wasn't working. So very quickly, I realized that I had a decision to make because if I didn't do anything and I didn't wake up my wife, I knew there was a chance that if this was it, if I actually was having a heart attack, um, I realized that they were going to find me in the morning. And that scared the, the heck out of me. So I woke my wife up, told, you know, said, baby, you got to call 911. I, I think I'm having a heart attack. And she, man, she jumped out of bed like a bolt and just looked at me and she said, are you sure? And I'm holding my chest and I just nodded to her and I said, yeah. And as soon as I said yes, it felt like like there was a knob on my back that said energy and somebody took that dial and just turned it way down and I collapsed at the foot of the bed. And I tr- and my, my I couldn't move. Um, I could hear, but it, it, I could hear only like uh, like when you're underwater in a pool, and all you hear is those muffled sounds. Mm-hmm. And and my vision closed off. It, it was like I remember it was like a curtain on a stage when the curtains are closing. And I remember thinking, holy crap! I can't believe this is it. Like this can't be it. And what what was shocking about the moment was that I didn't feel, I I 100% believed that I was checking out, but I didn't have any fear. Instead, I wound up getting hit with this other, uh, this other sensation that I didn't expect in a moment like that. And it was an overwhelming sense of regret. I mean, like a Mack truck, this, this wave of regret hit me like crazy. And I had plenty to be thankful for. I had had and still have an amazing wife, beautiful, healthy daughter, great career, great friends, a good, a really good social circle. But I realized instantly that I had just been coasting, that I that I was just taking what came to me easily. Uh, I wasn't pushing myself to do anything except settle for doing what average what the average person does and just trying to fit in and that was it and and man that that really the pain of realizing that that i had just coasted and settled and was my only goal really when it came down to it was to fit in and kind of do what the average person does that hurt like way more than the pain in my chest and you know from that moment i wound up getting taken in a hospital and I spent a couple of days uh in the, in the hospital and uh, they ran ran all kinds of tests didn't have a heart attack but they thought i may have had a stroke good thing is long story short i wound up being fine um but i knew something had changed like completely changed like when i realized that i had a second chance that i was going to make it and i certainly couldn't shake that feeling of regret that i had I was like, man, this is it. And that started what's now, you know, going on a decade uh, long journey of tapping into trying to figure out why, you know, a a good guy like me and and good people all over the world can just settle in and coast and really not try to do anything more than what's expected of them. And that became an obsession of mine. I had to understand why we do what we do. You know, why don't we attempt to do more than what the people around us do? And how do we actually create a life that we want versus creating versus settling for the life that we think 
was quote unquote destined for us or, you know, settle for fate as some people call it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from there that led me, man, that, that, led, that led to a, a multi-year process of me um, educating myself both in, in traditional means. Like I went back and finished my undergrad in grad school and I started studying a lot of personal development, neuroscience, leadership, um, human behavior, and that ultimately ultimately led me to realizing that I needed to teach. I needed to teach what I was learning because there was really no point in me learning all that stuff for myself and just kind of bottling it up. And even in my police career, I, I, I knew that in my traditional career, one of, the, one of the things I loved more than anything else was teaching. So when I learned all these things I was learning um, personally, it just became natural. And that, that evolved me into you know, launching my own website and deciding ultimately to start this podcast, which was way out of my wheelhouse. (laughs) It is not, it was like the the fact that I was doing something like that was, was completely laughable to, to me. Like, (laughs) like it was just like, you know, I remember thinking that I remember the day I launched my website and I had my finger on the mouse to make it live. And I was Mm. just saying to myself, what the heck do you think you're doing, dude? Like, <laughs> you're you're just a cop. You're just a regular dude and a cop. Like, who do you think you are to do something this bold and actually act like you have something else to say other than your title and what you do? And I hit click and, you know, it's been a wild ride since then, but it's been the best deci- one of the best decisions of my life, definitely. How long has it been since you launched the site? The site was, pro- it's probably been, where are we at? 2017 now at the end of it. The site itself has probably been four years and the podcast has been two. Okay. And uh, it's been a, it's been a, a learning process. Yeah, it's know, a beautiful, sure. beautiful site. It's absolutely uh, thank beautiful. You. Thank you. It's 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 been a. <laughs> I should have taken some screenshots of the in, initial one because I was going to say because I know it didn't look uh, like this when you first got started. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, this is about- <laughs> yeah, this is four years of progress right here. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, so it's it's been it's been fun. It's been amazing. It's been great, not just for me, um, but for my my family, for some peers who you know definitely gave me a whole bunch of elbowing and 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 you know chuckles and busted my chops for. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot, but ultimately in quiet moments, thanking me and and giving me kudos for being so bold. So it's it's been good. It really yeah. has been good. Yeah, that's important. I'm glad you brought that up about your buddies chuckling and and kind of you know running you up a little bit because <laughs> you know guys tend to do that. I'm saying, oh, yeah. you know, my my environment of upbringing is completely different from what I am now, who I am yeah. today and what I do. And same thing with the military. Even when I went to be an equal opportunity advisor in the army for the, for a couple of generals, um, my peers that I grew up with were like, wait a minute, you're doing what? Do they know who you are <laughs> type of thing? It's like, yeah. Hey man, you know, we all learn and grow. So yeah, yeah, absolutely wonderful, man. I love it. So so obviously that was going to be one of my next questions was which came first, the podcast or the coaching? But obviously you built the site for the for the teaching and coaching uh, side, is right? For sure. Yes, yeah, so, absolutely. 
So how did that all, uh, you know, based on your coaching, so you've been doing this for about four years, I would love to hear some good news stories from what you've been able to do and who specifically you work with. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I, when I started the site itself, the first thing I did, I just started writing. Like I, I, I just had some stories in my head, some lessons in my head that I just had to get out. And that's how it started. And then um, for there, I started listening to some, uh, just a handful of podcasts. Like uh, I think, I think Lewis Howes had started up by then, uh, Brendan Bouchard, guys like that. <clears throat> and that's what sparked my my desire to do the podcast thing. And then the coaching, I, I didn't realize it at the time when I started my website, but I was ultimately going to uh, become what's considered an online entrepreneur, you know, selling info service products and things like that. Um, so when I started the podcast, I've it, it, started gearing it towards those with an entrepreneurial spirit um, even though uh, I'm sure you realize, you know, a lot of people out there that connect with the the entrepreneurial spirit and, and, and those podcasts geared toward that, they're still working their nine to fives, um, but they just they want to build something beyond the traditional workplace. So when it comes to coaching, I love I love coaching people who uh, ideally my my perfect coaches are, are entrepreneurs who uh, are not the online marketing kind of spammy, let's, you know, take pictures in front of our Lamborghinis type, but just the mm-hmm. entrepreneurs who have a mission behind them. You know, people like you, Wally, who who are interested in starting a business for the purpose of creating impact and creating, uh, you know, a life they can, while creating a life they can enjoy. Uh, so impact-minded, growth-minded entrepreneurs are my ideal uh, clients and as far as good news stories, man, I'm gonna, I got to go selfish and say that my, my best good news story is that my wife and I, you know, we celebrated our 21st anniversary really uh, recently, uh, about a month ago. And this this it's funny how this weird journey that I, I'd taken and. You know, we both know this kind of the, the, the pivotal moment was when I had that collapse literally in the bedroom. And since then, we've both, without being overtly uh, like mapping out, hey, we need to grow as individuals and together. It's just happened organically. Like, I don't, you know, I don't teach or coach my wife and she doesn't coach me and I don't have these lesson moments with my daughter, but we've, we've grown so much because, and it's really taught me a lot about the power of influence is that we don't have to jam things down each other's throat as far as what you must learn and must do and must say, you don't have to be so direct to impact people. And it's one of the biggest lessons I learned about influence is that we're always influencing each other. So you know, as I was learning things and would try to and would implement it within myself, it would affect my wife and that would affect mm-hmm. my daughter and then our daughter would affect us. And I've watched this amazing cycle where when each one of us have our down moments, the next one picks us up and reminds us of who we are. And, that, and I'll tell you, one of the best teachers in this house is our daughter. 
like like when, when she sees either of us you know getting out of hand or getting overly frustrated about something she will i mean she's 11 years old but she'll walk in like a wise old soul and give us a quick 10 second lesson of something that she's learned from us and man you want to talk about humble pie <laughs> it's yeah. but it, it's just it's it's amazing uh to see that happen within your own home and I, I could tell plenty of stories about people that i coach and how they're you know how they've thanked me or have been impacted but there's there's nothing more humbling than realizing that we're always going to need uh we're always going to need coaching ourselves and you know when if we as individuals make it our our mission to constantly be learning and constantly influencing the people around us the 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 impact that that has on the people you love the most is priceless is absolutely priceless so that's that's the good news story is is that when you know you as a listener are listening to shows like this with Wally and and you're learning the things you learn you're not just it's not just benefiting you like you are going to rub off on everybody around you and you're going to see it you're going to see the change and uh, it's it's an amazing thing it truly is i truly truly believe everybody should have a coach i will always have a coach for something in my life if not two or three uh and and you know what you said there is so profound and i want the guys to really kind of under we're going to go a little bit deeper and kind of understand why this is happening and why that was such an impact on your wife and your daughter because we can only change one person and that's mm -hmm. ourselves how how we interact with people and as i was talking about earlier as we start seeing people as people instead of objects and there are times when you can start seeing your family as objects as vehicles as mm. uh you know not as not as the as the people that we know and love and there's many scenarios about that that we won't really get into right now just know this is some of the stuff that i talk about and i run people through in my coaching but once you start changing your mindset, and the mindset is the base, once you start changing your mindset and how you interact with people and see them, they, they ultimately, you know, usually come into play. It just, it just follows suit right into that. And it's amazing. You'll, you'll, phys you'll see it happen, like, immediately. You'll notice their demeanor towards you change completely. The other yes. thing that I really like that you said, and I don't think I've ever personally thought of it this way, but it's a perfect fit for men of abundance and that is the entrepreneur spirit yes. because and you said it many of the folks that are entrepreneur have the entrepreneur spirit they still work a nine to five they still work a job but their entrepreneurial spirit either in that position in that job or mm -hmm. even you know they're they're kind of enterprising out they're they're building their own thing on the side or something and i love that term the entrepreneur spirit i'm going to use it and i'll give you credit twice and then it's all mine <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fair <laughs> but it's, it's it, it truly does fit yeah. what we're doing here with the with the men of abundance because not everybody has you don't have to be an entrepreneur to enjoy this abundant lifestyle and to have the abundant mindset yeah, you can absolutely. you can learn to love the job the job that you have now yeah, that, that is that is so true. I, I got I have to be honest. I mean, some of the best entrepreneurial minds that I've had that I've had the pleasure of working with have been people in traditional, you know, nine to five careers getting a check from somewhere else. But they just have this spirit and demand for creation and building something new, even though they're employed by someone. 
And that's mm-hmm. that's really what that spirit's about, is the, the creative aspect of it. And what can we build that isn't already here? Yeah, yeah. And, and a couple of real-world examples that I can think of in that is like somebody who, a man who wants to bring more people into his church or even mm-hmm. put a men's group together in his church or um, build some sort of a program for the neighborhood watch program, you know, something that'll be a little bit more effective. I mean, those are the type of mindsets that we need in our world. And those are the type of people, quite frankly, that build our world, that build the world around us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man, so as usual, Aaron, we could just go on and on. I just love talking oh, yeah. with you. <laughs> but we're gonna, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that, man? Yeah, absolutely. Let's awesome. do it. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Mm. All right, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go three now three a. Uh, it's funny. I, I was on a summit the other day, and uh, uh, the the host asked me because uh, we were discussing we were discussing coaching, and she she asked what four the most common mistakes that I see. Um, during the course of my career, the most common challenges, I should say, that I've seen in people's lives. And it, it comes down to something I teach in one of my courses, but I, I'll boil them down to this. I, I call them the four laws of pure success. And the first is um, when it comes to actionable steps, there's four things we can do. Number one uh, would be to make a pivotal choice. And that pivotal choice is to be 100 percent responsible for every single thing that you're experiencing and creating and is happening in your life. And the reason that's so important is that even if something is not yours uh, in terms of blame, because responsibility has nothing to do with blame, the word responsible simply means that that you're worthy and capable of responding to it. And if we own the fact that we're worthy and capable of responding to everything that happens, then – that gives us the power to change our life, regardless of what is happening. Um, the second would be uh, unconditionally high standards. We've all heard talk about, you know, maintaining high standards and having high standards in our life is what will change our life. We hear it from Tony Robbins and a whole bunch of other people that tell us to have high standards. The problem is, most of the time, people get really good at doing that when things are fine. <laughs> so, mm. the, the the caveat that. These things, having those high standards, meaning how do you treat your family, your wife, your spouse, how much work do you do, how hard do you work, how much focus do you have? The moments where they are most important is when you don't feel like it or when you have what feels like a good excuse to to drop your standards or not do what you're supposed to do on this day or not treat somebody so well because, you know, they did something that society tells us warrants not treating them in a way that's in line with our values. So making our standards unconditional as opposed to being dependent on the mood or the moment, um, that's life-changing. The third thing is what I call reflective comparison. All of us have these moments where we, we, you know, we worry about who we are in comparison to somebody else in our career, somebody else in our same industry. Um, But instead of doing that, kind of reflecting in the mirror and asking ourselves a very simple but powerful question which is simply what what would the what would I do what would the unblemished and flawless version of myself do right now in this moment and 
the reason that I've found that to be so powerful is that, you know, we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to be flawless. We're never going to be free of our ego and, and all that stuff completely. It's always going to be there and it's always going to be work in progress. But if we're willing to ask the question in the moment, what would I do if I didn't have these flaws, then we have no choice but to hear the answer given back to us. Which is, you know, Wally, I'm sure you've heard this saying where people say the most, uh, the, the quality of your life will often depend on the quality of the questions that you ask. Mm-hmm. And, you know, asking ourselves something as powerful as what would I do if I didn't have the baggage and all these other things going on? We'll start getting those answers, which will help us make better decisions because you can't avoid the answers that you give yourself in your own head. And finally, it's simply to, uh, the last thing I would say would be to uh, elevate what I call elevate your situational response, which means, you know, all of us, when something happens to us, we usually do one of four things. We either do what's familiar to us, we hope, we believe, or we create something. And creating something is at the top of that tier. You know, a lot of people do just whatever their habits are, whatever's familiar, what the people around us do. Some people hope, but and hope is a wonderful thing, but sometimes people get stuck hoping in moments where they could act. And then a lot of us, especially this audience and and you as listeners, there's a lot of strong believers um, that listen to shows like this, Wally, like a show like Men of Abundance. You know, there's a tendency to have people who strongly believe life can get better, will get better. We can make improvements. We, we can have that impact. And believing is a really, really powerful tool be, be, because of the fact that it leads us to the thing that we ultimately need to be doing, and that's to create in every moment we can. So I know that's more than three, <laughs> but making that choice to stay 100% responsible, having standards that are unconditional, asking ourselves what we would do uh, in those moments of those moments of challenge if we didn't have any flaws, and then finally being willing to create something that will change your life. They, it's and I and I only say that because I know it has completely changed mine. Each one of those things, and um, you know that's what I'm hoping for everybody listening. Simply amazing. I was having a hard time keeping up taking notes, man. I'm glad this is recorded. <laughs> yeah, hit the, hit the thirty second rewind if you need. Because I get the opportunity to go and edit this later. Uh, this yeah. one I won't have to edit so far, man. We're just rolling right through, and I'm loving it. So I'm telling you, I'll, I'll go through and write this down again. Then I'll listen to the finished product later and take some more notes. So awesome. absolutely amazing, amazing information, man. Uh, so what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Aaron? Uh, you know, I'll keep that simple. Um, definitely waking up and before I even hit in foot, before I even hit, you know, my feet on the ground, it's, uh, challenging myself to ask it to, to remind myself of three things that I can be thankful for that day. And a lot of times it's the same things popping in my head, but I kind of force myself to think, think of something that I hadn't mentioned the day or the day before or in a couple of days and just keeping that list of things to be grateful for. In your mind. And secondly, I would say meditation. I, I've not been somebody that meditated. Uh, I mean, even just a few years ago, I wasn't somebody who meditated regularly. But uh, I, I'm always coaching people that we only get good at what we practice. And if we don't practice being calm, and if we don't practice listening to our own thoughts and realizing what we're actually thinking, and if we don't practice just sitting there and being able to be still without, you know, being a slave to this 
kind of world of distraction that we're in at the moment, mm. um, we're not going to be good at it. And when we need, if we don't practice being calm, when we need to calm down and not make a, a you know, a, a damaging decision, if we've never practiced the ability to instantly even know what it feels like to be calm, then we're not going to be good at it. So meditation, as much as as much amazing research that there is out out there about the benefits of meditation, just being just knowing how to be calm because you do it all the time, that's life changing and it has been for me. So big big thing is meditation for me. Yeah, I agree with that too. What does meditation look like for you? Because there's many different types of oh, yeah. meditation. And, yeah. and some some people, it's like woo-woo, all this kind of stuff. Sit with your yeah. legs crossed on the floor with some incense or whatever. But you know, <laughs> I'd like for you to share that with me because that's definitely not what I do. You know, I'm a bit of a pragmatist, and I'm glad you brought this up because I kind of, as we were trailing off there, I was thinking, man, everybody's going to anybody that isn't meditating is going to be like, okay, so how do I get started? Yeah. Uh, I I started out by keeping it simple. And I've I've just kind of stayed the course. Um, I use an app called um, Infinite Infinite Abundance from Deepak Chopra, mm-hmm. and it's just a simple app. You can set how long you want to listen to it. So I, look, it's as simple as this: I wake up, I sit in a chair, grab my phone, put the headphones on. Uh, I usually have it set anywhere between ten minutes to a half hour, and you can choose a different topic of meditation for the day. There's a whole variety of them. And really, there there is no right or wrong one to listen to. And it's simply, um, it's a couple moments of guided meditation from Mr. Chopra himself. And then uh, there's a mantra that's introduced that you can repeat in your head if you want to or not. And then I just allow myself to just sit there. And it's funny because depending on who you talk to, some people say meditation is the opportunity to completely clear your mind of thoughts. Mm. Um, For me, I just tend to be... A lot of times I tend to be an active meditator, meaning, you know, I don't fight thoughts when they come into my head. I just let them pass. And what's amazing, Wally, is I usually get some of the best ideas I have or things that I want to say or topics that I want to talk about, either with a client or something I want to write or something I want to talk about on a show. It comes when I'm meditating. That that's it, Inevitably, those thoughts appear. So for me, uh, meditation for me is simply just using an app. And letting the app do the work, and I just reap the benefits of it. <laughs> yeah, some of our some of our most valuable thoughts and some of our greatest thoughts come yeah. from a state of relaxation. That's why so many yeah. amazing ideas come when we're in the shower. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and most people's thoughts and great ideas just go right down the drain, yeah. uh, as opposed to come to fruition. So yeah, and the way I do it is, you know, and I started out with meditation. I really just sit. And usually I'm either sitting in a chair or sitting on the bed and just kind of really start concentrating on my breathing. I've never I, – mm-hmm. I did use one app a long time ago, but I didn't care much for it. But I'll try – I'm willing. I'll try this one out. I have heard of this one from Deepak Chopra as well. Yeah, I'll try it's, it's it out. It's really good. Because I like, I like just tried clearing a few. my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I tried a few. This one's been it – just, it just kind of clicked for me and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. So I kept going. And I, and I should say while I, I definitely – I want to say this to to the listener and that's – I don't believe there's a wrong way to have those moments of meditation or silence. Like my, my wife doesn't use an app like I use, like her meditation is in the morning is she gets her cup of coffee and she sits in silence and she may lead, read some prayers or some, uh, you know, some do some quiet, positive reading or something of that sort. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's your time as an individual to find your moment of calm. And that's, that's the most important part of it. 
Yeah, bam. That's exactly, I'm right there with your wife. I get my coffee. I have it sitting right here. Yeah. And every once in a while, I'll take a sip of it and just kind of just relax. Just get sitting yeah. quiet, you know. And here I can never really get peace, complete quiet because I got the birds outside the windows. But that adds to the whole, <laughs> the whole ambiance and everything. So the tough Anyhow, life of Hawaii. It is terrible, man. <laughs> hey, so uh, what would you recommend our abundant leaders read or listen to, and why? You know, what? I have to go to a book I'm just finishing now from uh, Mel Robbins, The Five Second Rule. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I don't know if you read that one yet, but Mel, Mel uh, created the Five Second Rule. Um, and I love it because of the simplicity and the five second rule in a nutshell is simply when you feel an instinct to do something that you know is good for you or to take an action, you just simply count down five, four, three, two, one. And before you get to, to, to one, you need to be physically moving yourself toward that, taking that action. Because most of the time, uh, from, from what she's saying, when we don't, accomplish the things we want to accomplish is because we we overthink it so when you have an instinct to do something what do we tend to do well you know i would start that business but i don't know enough i don't this i don't that and you slow down or if you know you should pay that compliment to somebody we think ourselves out of it and the moment is gone and you know we wind up regretting it and, and in so many countless different ways it happens in our lives and you know really reading her if, I just started reading her book a week ago and I've, I, I can't count the amount of things I did this week. Cause I, I challenged myself to put her book into action. And while it may sound like that book, that simple rule shouldn't take up an entire book. Trust me. It's absolutely worth it. I can't recommend her book highly enough. Well, I'll definitely check that out. Cause I like yeah. that kind of stuff. I, I like analogies. And I'm, when you're saying that, I'm thinking about the kid on the sky dive or, on, or myself on the high dive, Yeah, you know, and you walk <laughs> up to the edge and you could just walk off and be done with it. But yeah. now you're going to sit there and the more you think about it, the harder yes. it gets, the more fear builds up into your mind. And yeah. next thing you know, you're walking backwards down the stairs. <laughs> yep. That, that's <laughs> Not it in getting a nutshell. Done. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Mm. Uh, one would be hesitation, <laughs> like we were just mm -hmm. talking about, yeah. which is part of the reason I love, you know, I love Mel's book because I, I throughout my life, and I've certainly improved in it, but I was somebody who hesitated or procrastinated or overthought things a lot. Um, and aside from hesitation, I would say uh, it's it's a desire to fit in. You know, we're pack animals by nature. We want we like to be accepted which is a good thing it's, it's great to have a tribe of people that accept you whether it's family friends you know co-workers peers um but i think most people hold themselves back from really living abundantly due to a fear that if they do step out there and do something different and do that what's really pulling at their heartstrings that they're going to be rejected they're going to yeah. lose something they're going to lose someone they're going to lose reputation they're going to you know their their, their ego is going to get damaged because somebody's going to say something what will they think and that simple innocent desire for acceptance can completely destroy uh somebody's aspirations it, it, it really can and it's it was one of my it's been and still continues to be one of my biggest hurdles like when i talk to a podcast or a show or talk to somebody or do something different i get that those moments <laughs> You know, where I, and, and doesn't really 
cognitively, I don't think about what's happening, but you just get that, that sensation that you need to hesitate. You know, that little bit of fear creeps in there. Like you wonder if it's, you know, should I, could I, is this the right thing? Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that, that fear of rejection and, and, and on the flip side, the desire for acceptance, uh, it can be, it can be a dream killer. It can. And here's the thing though, you know, you're, you're moving out, let's say for instance, with you, you're moving out into being a podcaster, starting this website, getting into coaching, which, you know, evolved with your website and stuff like that. And yeah. while it was different and you you were feeling a little bit of rejection, even though they were kind of joking around with it from your yeah. peers back on a SWAT team and, and probably Navy and cops and all this kind of stuff. But people like myself are like, I'm, I'm, I'm waving my hands. Bring, bring it, come, come this way over here. This is where you belong now. You know, this is, you know, not that you don't belong over there anymore, but the thing yeah. is, is I'm accepting you over this way. So when one group of people, your, your old peers, you know, your peers you grew up with are kind of going, you're doing what? Cause you're trying to shift, mm-hmm. but there's another group of yeah. people that are just hungry for what you got. That's so important, Wally, and, and, and that's that's a big thing for people to realize that whatever it is you're looking to do, there is support. There's absolutely mm-hmm. support, you know. Um, so make sure you get that, you know, that, that circle of five, as they say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. People that are, that are there to support you and, and doing similar things. Exactly. Once again, just another great reason to get into the right groups, whether it's on yeah. Facebook or in person in your community, and, and get a coach. And get somebody around you who's going to be there to support you and push you in the right direction or the direction you want to go, you know. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Aaron? You know, uh, simplest way I could say that life of abundance to me is to live a life where you're you are intentionally um, and habitually creating the situations and circumstances that are truly important to you and what you value and. And second, and the two of these, in my opinion, are necessary to be truly abundant. It's helping others do the same. You know, we we all have that desire to to create a life that we really want, not out of imitation or obligation or because that's what everyone else seems to be doing right now, but really being free and learning the skills and the mindset it takes to create the things in your life that you want to experience, whether it's from and across the board, from finances to relationships, to your health, fitness, spirituality, and just creating it in a way that feels truly fulfilling to you and then helping others do the same thing for themselves. You know, when you're able to take care of yourselves and when you're able to take care of yourself in a way that's completely sincere and then support others, uh, care for themselves in a way that has them feel sincere and fulfilled and and abundant in their life Mm -hmm. that's when you're that's that's man to me that's winning you're really winning uh when both of those things are going on man yeah i love it absolutely love it so listen we're gonna have aaron keith aaron keith hawkins.com linked up in the show notes at men of abundance.com in this episode and you know we're going to have your podcast obviously is going to be in there. It's all on the same yes. site. What would you like to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation that we did not talk about today? You know what? I I probably want to, would want to, to hit on this. Um, and I don't know why it's popping into my head, but you know, for all of us, whether we realize it or not, one of the most important things that, that we have in our lives is our relationships. And I know there's a lot of 
there's plenty of advice out there, and I do it myself. I do plenty of relationship coaching. Um, but something we didn't bring up that I feel the urge to say is this. One of the most important things that any of us can do to make our relationships stronger, whether it's personal or professional relationships, is to take better care of ourselves, uh, mentally, physically, spiritually. So to, to you listening out there, if you get anything uh, other than what we already talked about, it's this. Please make sure you're taking care of yourself um, because that's going to help you build going to go a long way in helping you building the relationships that you want because if we're not taking care of ourselves we're not going to be in a position to take care of someone else so make sure you're taking time out for you to build your body build your mind and build yourself up spiritually uh, spiritually and uh you'll be amazed at how uh how better equipped you feel to build those strong and fulfilling relationships so don't know why i felt the need to say that because it, it had to be said. <laughs> it had to be said. Because it had to be said. That's it. And that's you know, it it was there and it had to be had to come out. I appreciate that, man. I really yes, do. Sir. So, other than AaronKeithHawkins.com, how else can we get in contact with you? And uh, you know, we're gonna throw that out there and then we'll close this up. Yeah, that's uh, the website's the best way to reach me, Aaron Ke- uh, AaronKeithHawkins.com. And if anybody has a question or, or a comment or anything, you can always just shoot me a quick email at uh, info, I-N-F-O, at AaronKeithHawkins.com. Uh, I always respond to emails. And I even occasionally check the spam folder. So if you happen to wind up in there, I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time. I forget to do that once in a while. I had some actually pretty good ones in there in my yeah. uh, spam. So I got to do that more often, too. Yeah, there's yeah. Some, a lot of good nuggets wind up in there for some weird reason, so I always yeah. make sure I check every once in a while. That's a good point. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny you bring that up because literally just a day or two ago I did that, and I was like, oh, man, that's where that email went. I knew that guy said he sent an email. I was just waiting for it, but yeah. anyhow, I apologize for that. <laughs> My bad. But um, Aaron, amazing conversation as I knew it would be, man. I truly appreciate your time. Now, go out and live your life of abundance, brother, and just keep paying it forward. Wally, I, I appreciate you, and thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's always, always a pleasure talking to you. I, I appreciate you, my friend. Aloha. Aloha. All right, guys, there you have it. Yet another impressive man doing amazing things in the world and paying it forward to all of you, paying it forward to the world and to anybody who wants to get in contact with him. And I encourage you to get in contact with Aaron or any of the other guests that you feel would be a great fit for you to have a conversation with about coaching in your life, wherever you need that at. And of course, if you choose me as your coach, I would be greatly honored to do that. And once we get onto our on our call, as I mentioned earlier, once we get on our discovery call that you can request through menofabundance.com forward slash coaching, then we will make a determination at that point if you and I can work together so I can help you live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness. But if at the end of the call we decide that you and I are just not a right fit, then I will not only refer you, but I will introduce you to men like Aaron so that you can finally realize your true potential. Ultimately, that's what I want for you guys. Now, go out and find your coach to live your life of abundance and always pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.